Bubbles. They all got together one night in a basement. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another beautiful day to chill with the guys from 40 Ounce Hip Hop. It's your boy, Kyle, and the homie, Michael. As always, always chill. And today, for the second, for the second 40 Ounce, we're going to need for you guys to sit down and pull up. We're actually going to be covering superlatives. And superlatives cover a wide range of things. Because our list, yes, we had a top 20 list of best rap albums. And even on the epilogue episode, we spoke about some of the variations we could have had, some of the feedback we received. But we didn't really get to talk and encapsulate a lot of things of the last decade with just covering those um, topics. So, in order to kind of give a more general view of how we felt about the last decade and some of the um, events and artists and um, songs, we had to make superlatives. Kind of give you guys a bit of insight into what we considered was huge moments or huge impacts in the last decade. So, hopefully, you guys get a good kick out of this. So, please kick back, pull up, grab a shorty, grab a 40. Let's get this thing popping. Before we begin, I'd like to say that neither Kyle nor me won a superlative in our high school yearbook, but I will say a good <laughs> friend of the show won uh, most dependable as a superlative in the year. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> You know who you are. You know who you are. So, so for the first superlative, I, I guess it would just make most sense to start with the biggest one, best rapper of the decade. And for me, it's a very easy choice because we had we had to pimp a butterfly and Good Kid, Mad City as top five albums of the decade. Uh, he is frequently lumped in together with J. Cole and Drake as the big three of the decade. And in addition to those two albums, he has other classics such as Section 80 and Damn, and even a pretty good mixtape and overly dedicated. So easy, easy choice, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because I was like, who else am I going to really say? Easily one of the most consistent guys of the decade, if not the most. This just who else am I gonna? Who else is there to pick? Right. Nothing at, this, more. at this point, really. Like, who else? Nothing more to be said. So, so what about what about? Here's here's the next one. Best rapper of next decade you could you could even call this the most likely to succeed yearbook (laughs) superlative if you think back to like 2008 2009 if we were anticipating for the 2010s like there's a lot of good choices you could have said like there's a lot of good choices that you could say because you could say j cole you could say 
even someone Drake. who kind of like yeah drake was so far gone in 2009 you could even say wale right yeah and so i thought this one was a lot tougher for me to choose um for this upcoming one because there's a lot of good young rappers right now but i don't think there's anyone who dropped like an instant classic that's young that dropped an instant classic in 2019 so this one was a lot tougher for me to choose what, what were you thinking it was hard because the because to quantify who's the best for the next decade uh, you gotta really look at you gotta look at a lot of things like who's technically the best like and skills who's the best poise popularity wise who's the best um who has the most versatility and like marketability and which was really hard because there's a lot of different genres and different people that have been bubbling over these past few years my pick actually was denzel curry though bro me too <laughs> me too because he's still only 25 years old yeah, yeah. and the thing is technicality wise i've seen this man freestyle i've seen this man do freaking rage against the machine covers i've seen this man rap really poppy stuff i've seen him have sad stuff I've, he has a ridiculous array of sounds and talent and I think for him all it really takes is bigger even though he performs on big stages and big shows I really just think it just and he has great feet he has had high caliber features and what even it's just he just needs one thing to kind of push like one I guess really commercial song I mean, he had Grammy noms. He's up there. He is a ridiculous artist. I think he just needs one last thing to kind of push him to the forefront of people's mind. Yeah, I didn't want to pick him because we've known about him since 2013 when Nostalgia Ultra came out. Right. Like, I didn't want to pick him because of that because it felt like, okay, he this has already been his decade. But at the same time, I was thinking, I'm like, who else would I choose? So I'm trying to think, okay, no, I- young rappers from the past two like i i just found out of them from 2018 onward and i could only really think of city more but i don't th- i don't envision city more getting any bigger than they currently are i see them staying in their lane i was like i can't go there and so i'm like all right denzel curry's only 25 years old still i'm just gonna go with him the other person well other two people that could have been for me well one is deceased well, two are deceased. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> because I was thinking X, because X had a crazy cult following and a lot of notoriety that would have kept him in the um, masses' minds. But also, he had a lot of talent. Like some tracks, some of his projects definitely showed more effort than others, but he was that, no doubt be a talented person, a talented artist, and some people that a lot of people gravitate towards person a lot of people gravitated towards so he definitely could have been someone that would have been a front runner and especially because the sound styles would switch up so much but then the other person would have been mac miller it was mm-hmm. my idea and because mac progressively got was rising in popularity and consistently was dropping good music one that I have alive that wasn't Denzel <laughs> was um, JID or Jid. Okay. 
No, that's a good pick. And, and the reason being is because Jid, in my eyes, is the best front runner and the potential star of Dreamville. Yeah, and we still and view him. Is, he's really him as a new guy, right? Yeah, he's pretty young. He still has real. He, but he has had dropped really good projects. He's technically, he's super technically sound. Versus, he's versatile. Work on R&B songs, poppy songs, different flows. He can freestyle his ass off. He is a good performer. Is a lot that he has in his favor, and he, has, he meshes well with a lot of the other young guys sound so he has a permeability factor that i'm like somewhere only person that could really beat him is denzel or even compete i guess if you wish to have that in my eyes and if we're not going that then we have to go trap wise and little baby might be next it might be the only other person that i would I, say has that i could see a lot of people choosing little baby little baby especially after my turn because one thing, a quick statistic, my turn after, well, first release, it was on, it was high up on the charts. Once it dropped the deluxe version, sales boosted up 100%. It sold 100,000 copies from the deluxe album alone. Wow. And even just having a regular 41,000 equivalent unit sales the week before, is like, that is a crazy amount just to have and now he's a Grammy nominated artist he's won tons of he's gets tons of accolades he's one of the hottest features around dude yeah. is pre-poised to be one of the best out there it's also easy to say because we're one year into the next decade already because we were recording yeah. this at the end of 2020 and both Lil Baby and Denzel Curry have had good years so far so. yeah it's kind of easy to pick them too. So, so next superlative, I think this is probably one of the tougher ones because there's literally hundreds of possible choices you could argue for. Do you have a pick for best song of the decade? This one was really tough. It's, um, I'm still honestly, because at some point, kind of debating what I want. But I'm going to go with. Oh man, I'm gonna say the best song of the decade was "Runaway." So it's interesting. I'm assuming you mean by Kanye, right? By Kanye. By Kanye. It's really interesting you say that because I have another song from that exact same album. What was it? So appalled. And no, it's funny. Corey was like, <laughs> Corey was like, "Yeah, So Appalled is a really great song." I'm like, yeah, it is, but I. But I, and the, my other choice was actually another song of power, because and the reason why I say those songs were songs of the decade is because they run away. I don't listen to too many nine-minute songs, <laughs> but like very long songs in general. Or I guess a lot of people try to make long songs. They don't really capture my attention all the time. You have to be a, it has to be a good track sound. Only other songs that, that came to mind were like Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst, which is also another can for me. Or um, I like For Your Eyes Only, but that's just me. 
but run away sonically the rollout of the song with him performing at the VMAs like he did it just it's simplistic but then it gets very ethereal with the violins and it's very over the top production but then it gets stripped down in the breakdown to a freaking electronic cutty-esque moan (laughs) and hum session that is almost therapeutic and but that sandwich in between all this is a Pusha T verse, <laughs> which is like a showcase of quiet killers of songs, you know? Like he is, uh, and as he showed later on during the decade with Daytona and him murdering Drake, it's kind of, I feel like that song represented like everything that you could ex- not everything you could expect but set a good tone for what you could expect going forward for the it's like of all the different settings and also the standard of being comfortable pushing that boundary of keeping one song and switching up the time like the whole flow of it because some of the biggest songs of this past decade like sicko mode follow that trend of like alright we're gonna switch up maybe and we're gonna have these switch ups we're gonna have these different flow pockets so we're gonna form something simplistic but also powerful yeah for me so appalled not even not nearly as complicated of an answer like complex <laughs> of an answer like you gave to me it's just like I don't think I've ever heard a song quite like that since then four different guys, uh, Kanye, Jay-Z, Pusha T, and Psy High the Prince, just going off like that in each of their four verses. So, it's just a simple choice for me. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty, it's pretty easy to understand, because I think it's also a good segue into one of the other superlatives. You know, the best guest features or the craziest or do we just do best guest feature or best or craziest collaboration first let's go craziest collaboration first and so appalled is a crazy collaboration very very crazy but so so it is not my pick oh because i wanted i know i we you and i kind of gave it um gave it uh, like a you know we didn't put really put a definition to how we were defining why that collaboration was crazy and so like i think right. so appalled is a crazy collaboration in the same way that swagger like us is a crazy collaboration from the previous decade because right. like you have these four huge artists participating together but i think there's another type of crazy collaboration that comes to my mind from the 2000s is something like Black Republican with Jay-Z and Nas because it's like, wow, Jay-Z and Nas, they actually made a song together after beefing and it's a great song. And so I tried thinking of of a choice for craziest collaboration that was more so like, you would have never, you never saw it coming, but it happened and it ended up being fire. And I went with Jealous by Fredo Santana and Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> because Kendrick Respect. Lamar had just released Good Kid Mad City the year before. 
and it's like the pinnacle of a uh, of a concept album with conscious rap. And then on the other hand, you have Fredo Santana, who's like the face of Chicago drill at the time. And so you'd have never thought that these two dudes would team up and make a song. And they did it. And it's probably one of my favorite songs of the decade. So I went with Jealous by Fredo Santana as my craziest collaboration. Respect that. I can respect that. My is because I was of the same kind of so Paul was one of the first ones that came to mind. And another one that came to mind was Monster. For sure. And but I was even thinking about like, all right, what are some things that kind of shocked me? And like just how good they were. And I think the one that kind of did it the best, or one of the best, one of my favorites, it has to be a lot from by J. Cole and 21 Savage. Oh, that's a good choice. Because that song is really, really, <laughs> really good. <laughs> and it was just kind of came out of left field, in my opinion. And I think that's a song you could play for years on and, and coming. <clears throat> I think it was a great declaration for 21 to say, like, this is, take me serious, as serious as you take these other guys. This compared, like, these, I am, I am. Put my stamp as one of the kings of Atlanta for a reason. Come see me. And having J. Cole and being able to have a song with you, have a verse, even though J. Cole killed that verse, it was like 21 Savage did well, did great too. So it was the synergy on it, the beat, that choice I hear in 21 on a beat like that. And with the message of the song, it was very, very great. And something I was not expecting at all. I like it. So, okay, so you said guest feature next. So, um, I'll let you go. Well, yeah, I'll let you go for guest feature. Go first. Best guest feature. Ugh, it's been hard. But I'm going to give it to Nicki Minaj on Monster. Okay, that's a that's a that's a probably a pretty popular answer. I feel like because that kind of set her into a different league. <laughs> My like it kind of it was a great coming. It was it wasn't her coming out party, but it was premium for a lot of people. Like, hey, whoa, we gotta take this woman seriously. Though, is the one of the best for sure out here. Like, period, it's rapping like one of the best rappers around. If not that, then I would. Because <laughs> one of my favorite verses is Ben Staples and Earl Sweatshirt and Hot, like one of my favorite songs. Yeah. But in that, and Devil and Rick Ross, Devil in, the, Devil in the New Dress. But I feel like Nikki, what she did and what she accomplished on that song, she came in, she delivered, and she murdered. Yeah, it can and it left a lot of people craving more from her. Something you can't be. So for me, I feel like there's a, a correct answer to this question, but I'm not 
I'm not necessarily, I'm not going to pick it as my answer, but I'm going to explain why I think it's the correct answer, but also why I didn't pick it. And to me, that's Kendrick Lamar on Control by Big Sean. Mm-hmm. Because Control is technically a song by Big Sean featuring Kendrick Lamar and Jay Electronica, released as a loose single in anticipation for Big Sean's album Hall of Fame. And so it, it's technically, right. it is a guest feature for Kendrick, but it, it doesn't feel that way because it feels like it's a Kendrick Lamar song because his Kendrick's verse is like half of the song in itself. And then when people talk about that song, they don't, they, they talk about Kendrick. So I, I felt like I, it, it wouldn't be right if I chose Kendrick Lamar on Control. And so instead I went with Drake on Stay Scheming by uh, Rick Ross and Frank <laughs> And I mean, at this point, yeah, Drake, I, I knew you were gonna say that one. Yeah, yeah, because I, I was kind of talking about it recently with you too about "Stay Scheme" is just one of my favorite songs of all time. I mean, every single bar that he says in that song is like a quotable, and so, and it's just a hard-hitting flow with like this "Don't mess with me" attitude. I think he's like beefing with Common too. Is um, yeah, he is. It's like the, uh, yeah, it's like the emotion behind it. And at this point, like Drake's, this, that came in, that came out in 2012. So Drake's already like solidifying himself as the biggest rapper in the game. But I don't think he really had a a verse like that up to that point. And so, yeah, I, I went, my, my final answer is stay scheming. I respect that. I respect that. It's another um, song that kind of popped in my mind was um j-rock on um black look that's weeks yeah yeah that's, that's a classic for sure that's, that's one of my favorite and i always that verse propelled j-rock's a new level for me just the interview room the bars it was a really good track if, if we had a superlative for best guest feature artist I think Drake would still be number one for me, but J-Rock is in consideration simply for uh, just his Black Hippie collaboration features. Yeah, you know? he, always, he always comes through with those. I like, he's like, J-Rock, please just bring this every time. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know why he, he saves it for, for his features. I don't know. But. No, bro, it's like, I really be coming through with uh, mix <laughs> on that one. Yeah. Well, okay. So considering uh, we're talking about J-Rock's discography plus his features, I've, what about best discography of the decade? And we already said Kendrick was the best rapper of the decade. So we'll say best discography besides Kendrick. Who would you pick? In- including projects, EPs, mixtapes, guest features, everything. See, my best discography besides Kendrick I gave it to Run the Jewels. Okay. And the reason being is because each project just got better for the most. Like, RT, even though people love RTJ2, like, the best. I feel like they haven't had a project I would say is under in eight, at the very least, <laughs> since they came out. Which is odd to say. I don't usually. I don't give people that much credit. <laughs> For sure. I made. He, he's been really, really. Um, those two have been really, really consistent with their releases. Well, I went with Denzel Curry 
And um, when when we said best rapper next decade of next decade, we hadn't talked about this one yet. And so that, this is partially why I was having a tough time picking Curry for the next decade. Because I'm like, how can I pick him for next decade if I think he has the best discography besides Kendrick <laughs> in this decade? But I, I had to choose him because... I mean, he was a teenager when Nostalgia 64 came out in 2013. And he just releases, like, every single time he releases a project, it's been great. Uh, Imperial is one of my favorite albums of the decade. Like I said, Taboo made our top 20. His EP's like 13, which was, an, you know, that was like an anticipation project. And even that was amazing. Right. And then I look at the, the guest features, too. And by the way, Denzel Curry has had a fantastic 2020 when it comes to guest features. Right? In the 2010s, I, if I think of like classic Denzel Curry guest features, he has them. Uh, Ultimate Suicide with Suicide Boys is great. No Threat with Anonymous is great. Um, his All the songs that he made with IDK, J.I.D.K. Bow Down with De Niro Ferrar. Uh, vigorous with Keith Eight, like he has, he has a lot of classic old music. remix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I well think actually, that was twenty ten. Yeah, that's yeah. twenty ten. twenty. So yeah, I, I went with Denzel. I had to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Denzel is a. Uh, he has a pretty disgusting discography, so I can see that. I can definitely see that. And but so I guess, and also. Another person, Kibu, don't mind me backtracking just a second. My, another person I wanted to highlight for best guest feature that um, I really thought could have been, um, I thought could have been the best, but it was really close compared to Nikki, was Gunplay <laughs> on Cartoon this year. Oh, for sure. Because it was, I just thought I had been highlight that because that was a cra- and that's honestly could have been a contender one of the greatest collaborations because I would not have expected one of my favorite Kendrick Lamar songs ever is <laughs> one with gunplay going crazy and having one of my favorite quotables like of all time mm-hmm. so, is so, it the back of my eyelids for the back yes. of yeah okay it's like it's like if life has taught me anything I ain't seen the back of my eyelids <laughs> but anyway, oh, I feel like gunplay about the past 72 hours. All right. Next one. Let's go with your favorite double XL freshman class. Okay, so this one was hard because you look at the 2011 class, that was my first thought. Because 2011 class had Meek Mill, Big Chris, Sai High, Low Twist, Yellow Wolf, Fred the Godson, Mac Miller, YG, Low B, Kendrick Moore, and Dick Simmons. Now, of that class, I would count Meek Mill, Big Crit, Sat High, um, Mac Miller, YG, Kendrick, and Lil B as my seven that had like a pretty interesting impact. And Yellow Wolf, right? Yellow Wolf, yeah, but Yellow Wolf didn't have. I would count Yellow Wolf. I put him, but, I, but has Yellow Wolf had a really big splash? Uh, he he was signed. He was signed to Eminem's label. <laughs> exactly. He's like he was, he was signed to Eminem's label, but he um, but like in the first few years of the decade, I'll give him that. But he hasn't been consistent. Like, oh, he's had a presence for sure, a big presence. 
it's like even you can say Sai High has but Sai High freaking is always writing with Kanye, <laughs> always doing other stuff. He's dropping projects. Right. It's like Lil B Lil B. Yeah, yeah. So I, like, I'll just go uh, ahead and say I picked two thousand eleven. So But yeah. I actually two thousand eleven is my choice. That's the okay. thing. But why is it your choice? Well, because I look at that list, and besides Lil Twist and Diggy Simmons, I think all those guys went on to be pretty successful. Obviously, like you said, you can you can take out Big Crit and Kendrick and Mac Miller and Lil B and Meek Mill because those guys definitely accomplished a lot more than the other guys. But still, um, I mean, YG's been huge fred the godson rest in peace he super underrated um sci high has dropped some heat and then like you said yellow wolf kind of fell off a little bit but that's certainly very famous definitely so i i i felt like 2011 was the right pick see i i can see where you're coming from (laughs) completely then I look at two more classes that came to mind. It was 2013 and 2016. And at first, I, like for 2013, I was like, all right, Schoolboy Q, Joey Badass. What was the list? Schoolboy Q, Trinidad James, Joey Badass, Absol, Logic, Action Bronson, Kirko Banks, Travis Scott, Dizzy Wright, Angel Hayes, and Chief Keith. That's so, definitely number two for me. So, you. Yeah. Like of that list is like all right, Schoolboy, Joey, Absol, Logic, Action Bronson, Travis Scott, Chief Keith. That's why I would consider like all right, people that had a splash. Trinidad James had a nice run, but he can stay consistent with it, so I'm not counting him as much. Um, but then 2016, we got Lil Uzi, Lil Yachty, Kodak Black, Denzel Curry, G Herbo, Dave East, Lil Dicky, Anderson Pack, Designer, and 21 Savage. Besides designer, everyone else on that list is relevant in some way. And you know what's crazy is I remember everyone and people used to out when, when people used to shit on that list. Like, yeah, I remember. Time. I remember that was the year that people started saying like the ex like self freshman class is dead. Like it's a joke. It means nothing anymore. Yeah, but it's so funny looking at that in retrospect because it's like all these guys are superstars. Exactly, and that's the thing. That's what I've said. I'm gonna go with 2016 because at first I, was, when I seen people say that like 2016 is the best class. I've seen the memes for years. I'm like, I don't believe that. That's crazy. Like you can't tell me that's the best class. But the more I think about it, and the more I now look at it, a few years removed, I'm like, yeah, all these guys are pretty big hitters like granted some are bigger than others but like and do they have the best ciphers <laughs> no <laughs> but <laughs> you know it's these eyes are all stars in their own right even Lil Dicky man has TV shows <laughs> like, like uh, really everyone but designers <laughs> which is kind of crazy to me, to me, to me, too. It's like, yeah, everyone had, everyone is a superstar in them, right? So I have to give it to that class because they, I don't think they're the best, like, I don't know if they're the best lyrically, <laughs> but like, but 
of just creating in this pool of stars and kind of potential. Yeah, that as you see in their potential is still Kodak Black's been in and out of jail for years and he's still Kodak Black. Mm-hmm. Denzel Curry's Denzel Curry. G Herbo dropped has been dropping consistently and then dropping um dropped PTSD propelled into a whole new world. And um Davies, Davies always dropping. Yeah. Always been always always got New York and Northeast. Um, Lil Dicky, like I said, got shows. Anderson Pack, <laughs> Anderson Pack, man is crossing borders all the time. See this man in freaking um, was it not Heineken commercials? Oh, Modelo. Uh, yes. Modelo time. Like, yeah, Modelo. I'm like this man got me drinking Modelos. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I know it's superlative. I want to do next because of mentioning 2016, and that is the surprise artist of the decade. Meaning, when you first found out about them, you're like, I'm not feeling it. I, I don't see the hype. But then as the decade went on, you're like... Yeah, I see it. They were good. And there's the guy, you already mentioned him with his collaboration with J. Cole. And then now 2016. I did not like 21 Savage at all when he first came onto the scene. Really? I, not at all. Because in my mind, it's like all he offered was like this slow monotone flow i used to always joke that it sounded like he was rapping in a library and i I was completely wrong it it probably started when he came out with without warning with offset that's probably when i started really flipping on him but since then yeah i mean i feel like he releases pretty good music and i i genuinely enjoy his music now so he's he's my pick for surprise artist of the decade that because even even like on the um, 3 15 2020 that can one of my favorite songs on my project is um song with him and 21 savage yeah but like mine has is no other person like it's mac miller and the reason being is that i when mac miller first came out i first started listening back like like the best day ever and things like that blue slide part i was like bruh this is not it <laughs> Like he was, it's like some songs are catchy. I like kids started to change me, but I was like, I'm still not feeling this guy like that. But once he dropped, watch movies with the sound off, and then face, and he just kept on rolling. Delusional like, Thomas, Delusional Thomas, freaking, um, he is all really divine and feminine. He's like, he's ridiculous. Ridiculously talented dude, and you really showcase how much an artist. You think he's one of the best showcases of like artistic growth. I've been never I've been able to live through this, you know, which makes his passing far sadder because like yo, know, I went from not liking you like in the slightest to listening to you pretty consistently. It's pretty weird. So I think he was my surprise artist. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people, he became a surprise artist because coming up to like his death, he was really, people really started to look towards him for music. I would see him on on the internet and be taught way more often than I expected. For sure. I mean, a few years before, oh yeah, people would be debating like, yeah, who said people like bring up Eminem? People have serious debates like, oh, best white rapper. 
have Eminem and Mac Miller. And like real deal, like heated discussions, like, yo, no, Mac's more diverse sounds. And Eminem's like, you would have told me that would have happened a few years ago. Oh, I was such a crazy. Now I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I kind of seem to shock with like, Mac's talented. <laughs> now I only look at them slightly crazy if they say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so that looks like. Yeah, that's that's definitely my surprise. Artist, I think. Well, we're gonna go down that line of thought, though. I think we should talk. Should we tackle who were the most overrated and underrated artists of the past? I think we should start overrated because the surprise artist is cool, but like, who are, who are your underrated and overrated? So overrated, when I was thinking about it, the first person who came to my mind was Logic. Uh-huh. Um, and he's not my final choice, but Logic first came to my mind because there was a time in maybe 2015 or so where people were putting him in the same tier as Kendrick, J. Cole, and Big Crit as like this upper tier in hip hop, which is ridiculous like that's that's one of the most asinine things i think i've probably heard through the whole decade was putting logic on their level you know yeah but in the five years since then he gets hated on more than anyone so it's like how can i pick him as the most overrated for the decade i think he's the most overrated any rapper was at any certain point in the decade because like i said that year i've never seen someone more overrated than logic but i can't i can't choose him for the decade and then I also don't think I can choose someone like Playboy Cardi or someone like that because ultimately it's like that guy, that guy he's just not my style. You know, I'm right. not gonna like him. So it wouldn't be fair for me to pick him. So I, I really thought hard on the overrated one and I went with the underachievers. Oh. <laughs> Which you, you probably oh. did not think I would say that. No. I think I would say that. But, oh, but that's it. That's a, it's Because <laughs> we came up in a time where there's this Beast Coast movement and the Flapper Zombies are killing it and Pro Era is killing it. And the underachievers were always put in the same tier as them. And the music isn't nearly as good. Like, I'm, I don't hate them. I enjoy a lot of their songs, but I, I had to think really hard. Like, going by definition, who is someone that is put on the same tier as good rappers when they don't deserve to be there and underachievers came to mind so that's my pick that's an excellent pick because <laughs> i'm like there's always a weird lumping of underachievers with flatbush zombies but there's more like even um just pro era as a whole that they oh yeah we're gonna put or even um audio push gets put in there too mm. I'm like alright cool or um Earth Gang they always be compared to Earth Gang I'm like ah, I'm not putting underachievers over any of these people for sure but that's a that's a really good pick it's just cause they don't release to me as much as they don't release as much and they don't release as well yeah it's like it's like the stuff doesn't i wouldn't rank it higher than 
those guys if you want to say equal sure if you really want to be that person but like for the most part i see it as kind of like i can't say they're above them at all or like even in the same uh i don't want to crap on because i don't listen to them as much because i can i can't be like oh yeah they use trash or i can't say that but it's like i just know from what i have heard and things i remember listening to them I don't listen to them that much. I don't listen to them at all, really. Yeah. I, I found myself listening to those other people. When all these people were like coming up and making their big stages, big splash. Who's who's left standing? Not the underachievers. Yeah. <laughs> they actually underachieved in my expectations. The most direct comparison is um, Indigoism and Better Off Dead. Uh, the underachievers versus flapper zombies those two mixtapes came out at the same time yeah and it's like come on one one is clearly way better than the other it's like i kept i kept better off dead i didn't keep indigoism Mm -hmm. i'm sorry but that's a cool choice that's something i would never thought that but okay so for underrated oh Uh no what's your underrated okay uh, for underrated, I thought it'd be nice to, you know, yeah, do both. Yes. contrast them. Underrated, so many times you see people say, like, this guy's so underrated, and it's some rapper that just straight up isn't that popular. And I think that's unfair because it's like, they're not underrated. People just don't know about him that well. So I had to think about an artist who people know about, people recognize, but don't give him a lot of credit. And so I went with Odyssey because Odyssey, he's definitely not the most popular guy, but I feel like most hip hop fans know about him. People who pay close attention to hip hop know about Odyssey. And everyone who does know about him talks highly of him and they respect him, but they don't ever mention how great he is. It's like, like, there are people who listen to Odyssey, who like Odyssey, but then when you talk about best discographies of the decade or best rapper-producer combos of the decade, they don't mention him. And so to me, Odyssey comes to mind as an underrated artist because he's recognized, but he doesn't get the credit he deserves. I think that's a good pick because he definitely is... Because he, he, I put him in the same category as Big Crit because Big Crit is really... He's a super talented guy. And people know what Big Crit is, but I don't think people really recognize how well of a rapper and producer he really is. Mm-hmm. But he's not my most underrated. My most underrated actually was a tie between two people. And I know it's probably cheating, but it really is a tie. And because they were going to be most influential. But then the more I thought about most influential, I had to kind of think of it. Like, it had to be realistic. And most underrated were Key and Lil B which is an odd choice but hear me out Key okay. has been creating his own infectious lane of like trippy trap yeah and um with, and he really I think the most underrated thing about him is his vocal inflection choices and his delivery like when people you know how soldier like to me like he stole my fucking flow he like that's bar for bar word for word like I feel like he can actually make that argument and I think the most because he one of the first people 
well, not the first, but one of the people I hear the most using like the slurring of his words, and almost, and the weird elongations when like almost yowling through a verse. <laughs> but it sounds good if it's right. And even with things, even his tag, like do works with Kenny Beats. The Lily is the whoa, Kenny. <laughs> like I wasn't here to make we work with Kenny Beats before Key. Right. So like his production choices even are really good and really wild and one of the most recent like kind of solidifications of yeah this dude's had an impact and this dude is kind of slept on was on Playboy Cardi's recently released Whole Lot of Red he even talks about like yeah I was riding around with Man Man and Key like and you listen to that project it sounds like Whole Lot of Red sounds like a whole lot of Key on Hmm. some parts so I think a lot of people can kind of attribute their sauce to Key. Okay. Yeah, I think he doesn't get enough recognition on his own. And and Lil B's case, Bass Guy was ahead of time when it comes to the internet. He definitely. He like people talk about Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy was with, but Lil B was right next to him. Like they're talking about people utilizing the internet and making the meme culture. In social media culture to the flows, those two. Like the man Lobby's lay down verses of the base Bible. <laughs> and like a weird bare bones blueprint on how to navigate the internet and how to kinda of like keep your recognition. Man went from got my vans on with they look like sneakers to like rich ho, rich ho, I'm a rich ho. <laughs> like these wonton soup and all these different wild songs and also keeping up the pressure musically like utilizing the ability to just drop your music at will on like from your laptop that how we what we come to praise people like future for and Lil Wayne for B Lil B was doing that this past decade religiously literally for sure so it's pretty I think someone like that we don't really take quality you can debate what you want <laughs> But when it comes to how to navigate things and how to, and the impact on hip hop culture, because even went from all these songs and all these people, some people program as jokes, some people program as like just the worst rapper, other different things that they can't claim them to be, but the man was getting TV spots on ESPN, seriously. The man was literally, I was even consistently, they were like, Katie Curse. Is it true, Lil B? It's like, what is Lil yeah. B talking on? Why am I looking at Lil B and Stephen A. Smith talking at the same time yeah. <laughs> about some Katie? What is that's a crazy way? That's a crazy marketing scheme that I don't think many people have recognized. And like, he it was a four, he was um, a pioneer of that, in my opinion. So those are my few that I think are underrated. No, overrated. Hmm? Now who about overrated? Now overrated. People that came to mind were Uzi, Eminem, Drake, and Playboy Cardi. The reason why for Uzi is because people have this weird 
like Uzi and Cardi. People have this weird obsession with the 2016 years. And it's like a odd, like, yo, nothing can top that. And while they have released songs very similar to that, or things even I would argue better than that, it's like for certain select few fans of hip hop, they just always say, oh, it's. 2016 Uzi. I need 2016 Uzi. I need 2015, 2018 Cardi. He's like, what? Uh, okay. That's kind of odd. And it's like, nothing could go wrong if it sounds like that. Even other artists, literally with Mario Judah, like, you can emulate these sounds and then it's like, oh, it sounds like them. Oh my God, it's the best. It's a weird pedestal that some of these artists have put on. Even in Eminem's case, I was going to put him because he could drop whatever and it's always going to be number one <laughs> like move charts it, yeah it depends how you define overrated because uh but eminem gets bullied now and <laughs> people were like and people were actually like you know what this is not as good as your old stuff man. you cannot and so i can't say he's overrated he's still one of the best rappers but it's just i can't say he's overrated Uzi, right. i think he just rose popularity i think some of his errors are overrated but i don't think he's overall same thing for Cardi. Even though some people kind of put Cardi, I've seen people. Oh, I'm going for Cardi for lyricism. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I couldn't include Cardi on my list just because it's like, okay, if that's if that's not my style, it's not my I'm style. Like, bro, y'all just playing a whole lot of red <laughs> from the man that said he's like. I'm gonna go dust that bit. I'm gonna go fuck that bit. <laughs> I'm gonna suck this dick. Like, that's really, like, that's it. Like, you really, the man that runs beat with beat. <laughs> like, you, you're really gonna be disappointed in lyrics of the That's why I say that he's kind of overrated because people were hyping a whole lot of red so much. Even though I like a whole lot of red, disclaimer, I really do like it. I think it's actually, it has some pretty dope, dope tracks and the production on it is crazy. But I had to go with Drake as my most overrated. Whoa. And, the reason, and the reason why is that he is an artist that can do virtually nothing wrong with his feelings. Yeah, I agree completely. He, I agree he is, completely. He is someone who is, before the Pusha T thing, was pretty much going unchecked. Besides almost Kendrick, because Kendrick was like, I'm not wasting my time beating actually like that. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, J. Cole, I'm not going to be with you. Why can't two kings coexist? It's like, they, but besides people like that, or older, or older people in the game, no one was tracking Drake. And he could drop whatever, even if it isn't good. If, as, not even saying, because Drake's good is a different standard from other people's good. That's the thing. It's like, I hold you to a different standard. You dropped. You dropped Take Care. You dropped nothing the same. You dropped If you dropped Thank Me um, later, it's like, you've had legendary songs, legendary features. I'm not going to settle for Dark Lane Demo Tapes, Drake. <laughs> I'm not going to go with Fires. Nah, bruh. That ain't it. But people will defend it and defend anything he says tooth or net. Tooth and nail. They will bash you on there and be like, nah, bruh. It's like, y'all just hate him. So that's why I say he's the most overrated because he can not do wrong for a lot of people okay. for some reason. 
Yeah, I, I was shocked when you said Drake, but you gave a good explanation. You gave a good explanation. And I will say, I always, I always say to you that I think Drake is the best hit maker possibly of all time in hip hop. And he's one of the best guest feature rappers, certainly of this decade and possibly all time. But when it comes to discography, like albums, in this decade, like after, if you're reading this, it's too late. Like he definitely, like, I, he was not releasing. He, I mean, he had good songs on each albums. And like I said, hit maker, right? But yes. his his quality and start to finish albums, it dropped off pretty pretty big time. Well, the thing is, bro, to me, I think he suffers from what a lot of other artists suffer from. Especially in this deluxe era, which I'm really curious about how his lover boy is going to turn out. Is ironically, we have Brockhampton Saturation 3, Saturation Trilogy in their top three, but it's like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of artists oversaturate the projects. Like, it's like they'll have, they strip down some of these, but like, I put good songs, prioritize good songs instead of having, okay, I got this track, this track, this track, gotta fill this out. Okay, like, I feel like a lot of these artists have too much padding. Like, if you want to make a dark lane demo takes, make the dark lane demo takes and be like, hey, this is this is it. Like I said, a demo tape. Don't throw these demo songs on the album. For sure. I think I think that's where Drake and I think Drake knows that people will eat it up no matter what. We're still gonna talk about it. We're still talking about Scorpion. We're still, I'm gonna talk about Loverboy. I'm gonna talk like you can't avoid it. So he's just like, I don't care. <laughs> if I want to put it out, I can put it out. All right. Well, the, this next superlative, I'm really excited to see what you say because there are so many choices that you could go with. It's pure opinion for producer of the, producer of the decade. So I'm really curious to see who you pick and, and why you think so. I have producer of the decade. I'm gonna go with. Mike will make it. Okay, hit maker. Yeah, because he is—he's had a really wild list of hits <laughs> and sounds that he's been on, and he's worked with a wide variety of artists, like a kind of unnatural variety. Only other person I was thinking of was like Alchemist. I like knowledge too, but knowledge doesn't work with enough people. So, I, and, and so, if it wasn't Alc, if it wasn't because Alchemist has some of my favorite, most beautiful sound of beats of this decade, I had to go with. I was thinking Mike Will because I think Mike has the most. He's diversified enough, and his songs have like helped. Some of the songs he's made, like Humble, Black Beatles. I mean, I'm fault. Bugatti, Vice Hood, No Lie, freaking DNA. He has done some crazy hits, crazy songs. That's just naming a few. And uh, have been anthems throughout the decade. So I, I had to give it to Michael. I'm curious to see um, if whatever benchmark you want to set for, top 50 Billboard, whatever, just how many songs has he produced that ended up on, on the Billboard Hot 100 or whatever? Actually, I think I had that metric somewhere. Oh. Because there's there's no way he's not number one for the decade. 
not. He's I know he's not because he has um he was number four. Oh. Because the other people that came to mind was Louis Bell, or Louis Bell, due to the like um rock star. He did post more stuff pretty much. But should be no, it should be forty. Of course. Number two, number one was Boy Wanda, and Boy Wanda, he has top ten hits, twenty-two weeks in top ten, two hundred and one weeks at number one, twenty-three. With songs like Over, Summer Sixteen, Be Careful, Not Afraid by Eminem, G Easy, No Limit, Lil Wayne, Believe Me. He has a lot of hits, and so Boy Wonder was also up there, but I think it's personal preference. I was like, I, I kind of like my. No, that's a good pick. I I went with uh, completely different criteria. I did not factor in um, the hit making at all. So I have a much different answer. I went with Apollo Brown. Really? Yes. I think I think he's. I had to really think about. It. I think he's my favorite producer from the decade. So Apollo Brown. I know in the honorable mentions episode when I talked about Odyssey, and I know I mentioned Odyssey today also, but I kind of mentioned he's like this, this huge figure of Mellow Music Group, which in my mind was like the biggest independent rap label of the decade and just really pushed out a lot of great underground rap music. And I, I honestly feel like Apollo Brown was like the real MVP of Mellow Music Group. Because uh, I mean, he released so many great projects with guys like Raskas, OC, Guilty Simpson. He had his own classic instrumental album in Clouds. That's probably my favorite instrumental album of all time, or at least from this decade. Because yeah, favorite instrumental album from this decade. He's in groups like The Left and Ugly Heroes, um, who released albums with Mellow Music Group, and I like those groups a lot. So yeah, I went, I went with Apollo Brown. I just straight up think he's my favorite producer from the decade, so I went with him. I respect that. I could definitely respect that. Because if I was going with that type of logic, my two people that came to mind was, were Pierre Bourne, because I really like Pierre. So, and then he has a really, it's almost chiptune-esque sound, some of his beats, but he makes it trapped out and makes it sound really great. Especially if you, if you, you hear Pierre on hit on like certain hits and like of course like song magnolia and whatnot but i actually really prefer his stuff that he creates for himself okay. like his um life of pierre tapes which i feel like he kind of hoards and what he does with nudie because he always gives nudie fire beats like but pierre is one and another person was jpeg mafia yeah. I mean, both of them have made our crazy production some of my great some of my favorite songs of the past decade from those two rap producers Apollo Brown was a good choice for like a favorite guy just because um, he he truly is a guy who was very present throughout the entire decade yeah he molded a sound and pretty much carried Mm -hmm. and so a, a similar superlative we had was rapper producer pairing and so we did not clarify any criteria but personally, I added my own criteria to it to make it more fun for me to choose. I didn't okay. want to choose any producers who were in the same group as a rapper. So, you know, whatever. And so, like, it's like, as under, are you talking about under like label 
or are you talking about just I mean like I, I like wouldn't choose I wouldn't choose Eric Ark Elliott and Michi oh, Darko yeah, because they're in the same group together and I also wouldn't choose a rapper who exclusively produced an album for a rapper. So like I wouldn't choose Mad Lib and Freddie Gibbs because I feel like yeah. that's cheating. So like that's cool. Whoever you have, like that's that's a rapper producer pairings. So that's correct. But I wanted to give myself that criteria to kind of make it a more fun answer for me. Gotcha. So who'd you pick? I picked Denzel Curry and Ronnie J. Oh, let's see. Freaking um, Corey is saying. Ski, Mass Slump God, and Ronnie J. That's or also Denzel, a good right? I was yeah. like, that's, that's pretty good. It's because, solid. I mean, I, I said Denzel Curry had the, the second best discography of the decade, right? Right. And Ronnie J has been a part of every single Denzel Curry project that was released in the decade. And, um, and some of Denzel's favorite, or not favorite, but some of his classic songs like Threats, Ultimate, Zone 3, Envy Me, Naughty Head, ULT. I mean, those are all Ronnie J produced songs. So there you go. That's my pick. Ronnie J is pretty, pretty disgusting with these beats. Uh, and Denzel just doesn't miss. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah, I like that combo. My Someone else I thought about was, um, well, one of the people I thought about was Pierre and Nudie because I really like the way they coalesce. Same thing with Pierre and Cardi, but then also like, but the people that I was thinking like who were, and I didn't want to do a group thing as well, but I did kind of, I didn't want to do like, okay, um, run the jewels. Like that's kind of cheating. <laughs> but like, the person that I was thinking of was Noah, 40. Drake. Of course. Because it's kind of like, have you listened to music this past decade? Right. Have you? All right. Yeah, you did. Sure. Cool. Drake's Drake. He's a great star no matter what. But will we, will we have had Drake the same place that he was without 40? Probably not. Exactly. So it's kind of like, I. Yeah, I'm giving I'm giving to Drake and Forty because like even he if Drake himself was like yo that's my right hand like that's dude making a lot of, a lot of dis- executive decision calls on beats and production he created energy big some of Drake's biggest hits he's helped tune and co-produce I'm giving him like yeah one of the most one of the biggest artists of the decade possibly of all time of rap. And this is the guy. It's like his, it's like Michael Jackson, his Quincy Jones. That's like how I see Forty and, and Drake. It's like, all right, this is my Quincy. So that's how I'm like, I can't really put anyone over those. Like this, their synergy, Metro Boomin, Twenty One. I like that. Esco, Future. I like those. But it's like, nah. Yeah, I love IDK over JPEG Mafia beats because even though he doesn't do money, does do many, I need a whole project with that. But <sighs> those two just really had a crazy run. It's just different. What are you thinking about for group of the decade? This one was kind of tough <sighs> because I really because. There's this pretty dope ones to choose from, but 
I think I kind of gave away earlier with saying one of the most consistent groups <laughs> of the decade with RTJ. So I'm going to give it RTJ because uh, one, two, three, and four, I'm like, y'all ain't miss. One, two, well, one, two, and three, I'm like, y'all just really. Each one, I'm like, dang. I could listen to this album front to back, and I'm good. Mm-hmm. And, so for- and even your feature and your guest features, and they've had songs played. Like, I hear these songs at ESPN. I hear these songs in movie soundtracks. I hear these songs in random commercials. I've seen these songs. My mom's playing the songs. <laughs> my, I go to class. I go, my professor's walking in and listening to some Run the Jewels. I'm like, this is ridiculous. These guys, yeah, I think they're a great example of like people getting a second wind in their career. So, I, I was like, I need to find a reason to not choose Brockhampton. <laughs> that was my perspective in picking this one. Because it's it's no secret, I love Brockhampton. And um, I, I had to pick them. I, I tried finding a reason to not pick them, but I had to pick them. They're, they're a tough choice because they released three classic albums in the, in the span of six months. So it's like, what did they do in the other nine and a half years of the decade? Yeah, but th- th- that six months is enough for me. And besides that, I, I like All American Trash. I like Iridescence. Ginger's cool too. So they're—I mean, those three—they're not—they're not in the same league as the as the saturations. I'm not going to act like they are, but th- they're good. That's enough for me to have like as a support for them. And besides, how many other groups? larger than two people because <laughs> you said run the jewels how many other groups larger than two people can you say had three classics in a decade and just so happens for Brockhampton it was in the span of six months right yeah but that's elite territory whether it's in very. six months or ten years three classics yeah. that's elite that's, territory that's true that's very true that's, that's the only thing I was because they came to mind and I was like <sighs> Yeah, that's nine people versus <laughs> two. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I expect more from y'all. Granted, Run Jewels has more experience. It's just like, yeah. And if it wasn't RTJ, it was going to be Brockhampton or Injury Reserve. Because they had two albums that were considered quality for the decade. Definitely. And so then leading off of that for most influential that's another really interesting category because i think there's a limited choice there's probably only at most 10 people you could choose from and argue for they all have really interesting arguments and so most influential was interesting for me because i went with tired of the creator and um you you know me saying that, you would think I'd choose uh, Odd Future for Group of the Decade, but no. <laughs> Defin- definitely Brockhampton's still in my mind, but I wouldn't retire. like the next evolution of, like the natural evolution of exactly. um, Odd Future, so it's kind of like, fits a mold. Exactly. And so I, I still wouldn't retire the creator for most influential. I just think between Loiter Squad, between unique music video directing especially classics like yonkers and she uh the mastermind behind odd future like we just said 
his fashion with the supreme and the hoodie over the hat and the high socks he was huge man and and so it's so crazy how many young rappers view tyre the creator as an influence when it's like he really just blew up like nine years ago and already people are talking about him being a huge influence in, in a very cuddy-esque way right because we yeah kid cuddy is like he came out and then four years later people are talking about he's their biggest influence and so i also think tyler really changed the way that we view young rappers because he was only 20 at the time that he really blew up uh or maybe 19 even but yeah i, mean, I know he was um i think he was 20 in 2012 when uh because 2011 he he really blew up and in 2012 it just got even bigger and so i also think um he, he was kind of the most prominent guy in this big wave of like weird we uh i don't know like the weird kid rap like you got funk volume you got hellfire club but tyler the creator was definitely at the front of that and i also think tyler and odd future drew a lot of people who weren't rap fans and got them interested into the genre and i think you and i can agree with that because we were in high school when when they were blowing up and i think we both saw it firsthand like there were kids who became rap fans that definitely weren't before yeah i've had talks with people that were like yo i hate rap and then next you know a couple of years later they're like yo bro did you listen to i'm like what are you serious like bro, Earl, like i like i don't like shit i don't go outside like i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> speaks to me he's like all right cool <laughs> so who did you pick i took the easy route i said drake okay yeah and the reason being only reason why i said him over because i talk about key i talk about movie and the other person is my three my three people that i really think are the most influential for i guess when for the current sound that we have were are um, Low B, Gucci Mane, and um, Drake and Kanye, because those are my four, I guess so I'd say. But I would say Drake more so than any of them, because Gucci Sound of the South, Low B, Internet, and knowing how to market and memes and just kind of like giving, being, making goofier rap more acceptable. But then over trap, goofy rap over trap beats more acceptable. Um, Kanye, he's Kanye, bruh, with fashion and just kind of get, encouraging people to be multifaceted. Like, oh, you have, man, make your merch, man, do this <laughs> on your masters. <laughs> Let's, um, it's like style and just the electronics, making the electronics sound acceptable. Drake, he is. He, when he, for a certain period of time he was giving cosigns and then people were on that globe. it was like as soon as you get a Drake cosign it was like oh you're done we're hearing this song for the next 20 weeks straight definitely it's like he's and these people will still be in our cultural cultural zeitgeist for a while like dang oh like Blackboard JB I still oh um Ila McConaughey is still always, always be remembered it's things like that. I'm like, you know what, Drake? And also the singing song, the singing and rapping intermingling so effortlessly 
for a lot of artists, I feel like, besides people like Cuddy or Ye. Ye kind of just like, all right, or if we want to go back further, but I'm just keeping for this decade. Yeah, I think Drake is probably the most influential in that regard, because he really was just like, all right, picking this sound, taking this sound, oh, that's nice, taking that sound, you're rapping, I'm on your verse now. Little baby, I'm hopping on a verse with you. It's like people that we that we now listen to all the time. It's like, oh yeah, Drake had a song with you. And I thought you can't beat that. That's all it takes. It's the Drake feature. They right, in one of my favorite verses from Mac Miller. It's like, oh, I did it all without yeah. a yeah, I did it all without a Drake feature. Yeah, he's speaking the truth. And that's hey, the fact that it has to be a standard. It's like, oh dang. All right, biggest L of the decade. Oh, we're into the the darker side of the list. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll go to the more negative ones now. The biggest L, in my opinion, was Tory Lanez, and I say that because he went from arguably the hottest he's ever been, like from just releasing solid music. And people that, and people having music that people really gravitate and messing with, having a good album release, a lot of promo, and the freaking quarantine radio thing becoming a really popular personality on there, and then having solidified different deals, have huge stuff just lining up for him. And he threw it all the way. I know. It's for that's some, or over. A, a crumb of coochie that's all you're gonna do <laughs> you're gonna shoot Megan the stallion over <laughs> I don't even, even if you didn't shoot her bro why were you in this situation Tori <laughs> why would you even put yourself in this situation why would you even mess with someone that is going or be in a situation that's the dumbest thing and like if you weren't because like bro, if you weren't guilty with the situation which I understand if you are not then thank god you're not but, if you, but the way shit's looking you looking really like you are and I really think you did because it's kind of like and for all you people out there because I'm trying to keep this civil as possible that think oh well how could she see if, he, if her back was turned her foot looks fine to me shrapnel's a thing <laughs> like is, what you think the whole they and the man if he's only five three is shooting from the SUV downward. <laughs> he obviously a hitter. He's like the shrapnel can hit someone's foot. Like are you have y'all never had like BB guns or anything? Like if you never had like beep, ah, people are it's this fact that he was in that situation and just threw it down the hole. And your defense for it all is paper thin as hell you can't even come up with a resounding defense if even if you were not guilty it's like you just haven't done anything to really help your case at all and the way you come about it and the way you're looking at it is like you seem like an abuser so and manipulator so you threw away all this over what is presumably just not being able to read one your 
make good calls, make good judgment calls of like, hey, maybe I shouldn't mess with this person if they're acting like this, or maybe I shouldn't ask this person if I'm still out here like that. Especially a person of such high profile, like the young big star that just had a song with Beyonce, Megan the Stallion. <laughs> and you're gonna be like, hmm. I got a gun. <laughs> she's she's tripping over me and Kylie. I ain't shoot her though. But I got a gun. It's like Tori, what? <laughs> alright, alright, alright. That's so a hell. I thought about Tori. But that did happen this year. It did. So I don't blame you for picking it because it's just such an egregious L. But I was like, you know, I'm not gonna pick him just because I wanted to stick to the, the 2010s decade, you know? Yes. So I went with Rick Ross, Molly, and her drink lyric. Oh, yeah, that's a bad one. There, there really doesn't need a whole lot of explanation. It's just, at the time, it was just like, it was such a a unifying moment <laughs> among people where it was like, wow, this man took a huge L. Talked about date rape. That's just yeah, like it was cool. Right like, he was, like, that was just... We're just gonna let that slide. <laughs> no one knows what was going through his head. Hope that's a lot of codeine induced without, because yeah, ain't no way. That was a bad one. That was a bad one. All right, so let's go. Let's go. Most disappointing rapper, because this one was a very interesting choice for me, because. Because ultimately it was a slam dunk for me, <laughs> but but there were other really good candidates that I thought about. Because I thought about Chitty Bang and Charles Hamilton. Because Swelly Express, I believe, came out in two thousand nine. That's one of my favorite mixtapes of all time by Chitty Bang, and they released more music after that. But they came out with a decent album in two thousand twelve in Breakfast. But they never released music again after that. That's certainly that's a disappointment, right? Right. And then I also thought about Charles Hamilton because he was huge, right? Releasing a mixtape every week, but ultimately we we all know the mental health problems happened, the decline in music happened. Um, So I don't know. For some reason, it didn't feel right to pick either of them, probably because they both have maybe oh. Personally, I consider Pink Lava Lamp to be a classic mixtape, and I would also consider The Swelly Express to be a classic mixtape. I know those aren't certified classics, like uh, a lot of yes. people probably wouldn't agree with me. But personally, like those are classics in my mind, so I was like, I, uh, I can't call them, I don't want to put them as disappointments. Maybe, maybe they fell off the hardest, but I'm not going to put them here. So I went with Vic Mensa, because in 2013, Internet Tape came out, and it was huge. And I don't think anyone was calling it album of the year or anything, but it's definitely one of those projects that caught people's attention and they were like, this dude has the potential to be on top. And this came out at a time where Chicago had Chance, Alex Wiley, Mick Jenkins, all dropping mixtapes. And like, I mean, obviously in retrospect, Chance and Acid Rap became the biggest, but there were people who definitely thought that Vic Mensa and Internet Tape was the best out of those and was the biggest out of those, that he'd be the biggest star out of all of them. And really within three years, 
that was that that went away. I would say probably by 2016 he was already making bad music and in recent years he started acting pretty weird too and so I went Vic Mensa. He just he got worse and worse over time. I yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can I can definitely <sighs> for a similar reason I'm going to give that it's funny ironically the same camp you mentioned you mentioned him mm. Chance the Rapper oh okay he's definitely the most disappointing and the reason being is because I've he's someone who had such a huge hype up and a such a great setup for greatness after Coloring Book and after his verse on freaking Life of Pablo or Ultra Light Beam after getting the Skittles endorsement after doing all these different huge venues and heading this new platform and all these new not plateau fame but new level because I don't want to say the man's plateau because I still think he has potential but to follow that up with the biggest with the big day which I'm going to go out and say Disappointment, most disappointing album, The Big Day. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That, that one I didn't even have to think about. It's, yeah, that's it's most like, disappointing of the decade. Most disappointing of the decade. For you to squander that opportunity with The Big Day, it's crazy to me. I was like, come on, bro. You are really talented. And you are really, you made a classic mixtape that I could play around pretty much next. A bunch of some people it's not their cup of tea, but it's not gonna be like, oh, this is offensive to the ears. <laughs> like that is like is music that you can you made a really good project in that and as rap, coloring book and as rap. <sighs> but then you just follow up the big day, and you just and you just haven't recovered since. And then just personal moves, you're making bad personal moves with like your managers and whatnot. It's, like chance come on bro get it together like that's you you have all the potential you have all the the you had the pedestal of pedestals Kanye's best prodigy but then you had I don't know be proud of me with that one <laughs> mm. like this uh, like wow well Another I think I do it to Sean C. Blake, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> I ain't gonna cyber bully. <laughs> Time to bully him. Yeah. So uh, another another fun superlative, biggest troll, <laughs> and it is funny because when when we when we thought of that superlative, there's definitely a few guys who deservingly so immediately come to mind. So I wanted to think outside of the box, and so I first picked MF Doom. For hiring impersonators to wear his mask and perform at shows for him which is probably one of the trolliest things a rapper has ever done Easily. But, but i fact checked it and that happened in 2009 so i cannot pick Ooh, that okay so instead i'm going with jay electronica for convincing fans for an entire decade that he was going to release act two that's a good that's a good look that's a good one because a similar artist I thought about was Playboy Cardi for a whole lot of red for all these years. Because <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah, and now it's finally dropped in 
2020. <laughs> and it's like, I definitely was thinking Cardi for a similar reason. But the act two is, uh, he really had us going. <laughs> for a whole decade, bro. Whole decade. And it was a, like, granted, when he came out, Written Testimony was a really good album. Mm-hmm. Like, and honestly, that was a, that this year. And that actually was an idea for the craziest collaboration for me. Because I'm like, Jay, you couldn't have told me back in the day. I'm like, Jay, JC, Jay Electronica, Travis Scott <laughs> on the song. For Swiss Beat song. It's like, it's, what? But it's, he, yeah, he, he definitely is a troll. Wow. But mine, I would have to say, is the obvious choice for me is Takashi 69. But then I wanted to go better than that sounds like it had to be a, between it was a it's a battle of trolls to me so it was the ultimate clash it was dj academics okay Solid. and freddie gibbs because <laughs> freddie gibbs is <laughs> freddie gibbs will roast you in an instance and also he and dj academics he ain't gonna he's not as abrasive patrol as Tsukashi 69 but he knows you can't touch him like that like that and he's almost as his fan base is so strong that it's almost a impunity towards like oh word what you gonna punish me complex write my checks I don't need complex checks he always says like I don't need it what you need catch me on twitch come to come to twitch it's like he is He'll talk about numbers. He'll be like, Drake is the best. And then and then in the next week, trash Drake. And still be like, oh, no, we still dope. Is like, he is a troll that you can't give energy to. But Gibbs is also someone who's like, he's not. Gibbs and people like Gibbs and Vince Staples, they were just, they're kind of like, whoa. Not the same type of caliber, but we're gonna cyberbully. <laughs> we are fans of cyberbully, and we will roast you like it is nothing. So when those two clashed, it was like ah, this is excellent. Within less than 24 hours, this man gives sold out merch of DJ Academics on Teletubby shirts. It's like you can't get much better than that when it comes to trolling. You really can't. Well, do you want to finish it off with best feud and uh, for the for the final superlative? Yeah, the final superlative, best feud. Well, we actually don't we have biggest comeback as well. Oh yes, okay. I'll say that one real quick. I I said a tribe called Quest for releasing their first album in eighteen years and it being pretty good. Yeah, I was. I was yeah, they are definitely up there for me. Uh, the only other person I put above them was Meek Mill because Meek Mill was in jail and kind of just took him. Well, because the, the only other person I thought about was Gucci as well because both two people were in jail but then had like a lot of huge following waiting on them to come back. Mm-hmm. But Meek did it in a fashion that was kind of ridiculous. Like Gucci still had the influence. People, he was, people were kind of taking the sound right with it while he was in jail. But he came back and he had a warm he had a very warm reception he had hips he is still Gucci but Meek 
the following behind him was so vast and the, the prison reform talk that he had um, and kind of like that he, his case shined on it. Sometimes get national media attention for people that don't even cover hip hop at all. And for him to be warmly um, received, such a warm reception is pretty astounding. Even squashing things with Drake. For sure. Ironically, though, him and Drake is the best feud of this past decade for me because ain't no way you're gonna just, ain't no way Drake is just not gonna bully you for all this and make you into a walking meme until you got out. It's at least, oh, he made Rico? Okay, I guess we can love him again. This <laughs> is like the man that bullied you had to kind of like father, grandfather you back into. Like, you know what? Big Mill makes good music stuff. Yeah. It's crazy that that's a thing. Like, that's a horrible feud to have. Yeah, you could argue going bad is like the equivalent of Black Republican with Jay-Z yeah. and Nas, right? Because right. uh, that's even a debate in itself is which is a better song, Rico or Going Bad? Because they're both such instant classic songs. Yeah, I went with another Drake feud with Pusha T. Um, that was the other one. That and, and those are the two, I think, the most popular candidates probably for the answer, for the superlative. Because... Uh, when you involve Drake, I mean, uh, you know, it's like it's like beefing with Jay Z, Nas, and Eminem, right? Like this is Drake; he's on that popularity level. And I think what made the Pusha T and Drake feud my personal choice was just the fact that it kind of like simmered for so long before it exploded, because I view Exodus, um, the Pusha T. Uh, this song I view that more as a Lil Wayne diss than I do a Drake diss diss but it definitely started that and so I think just because if I include Exodus and then Lil Wayne responding with Ghoulish and like that pre that pre-beef simmer that was going on for a few years before Infrared and then Duppy and then Story of Adidon I, I, I think that's my choice just because it, it, it had a lot more going into it before it exploded. And then when it did explode, it, it resulted in some fantastic diss tracks. Yeah, I think that's pretty, because similar to what I said about Drake not being touched for a minute, that, that somehow Drake and how Meek, the Drake and Meek beef helped propel him to another status so he wouldn't be touched. Yeah. The Pusha T one was like the sign, like, yes, you can. He can be brought down. You can. It was like he 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 is not infallible, and I think that that definitely is a solid candidate for best feud because man, he really changed the game for and kind of changed the course of Drake. Yeah, I mean, you could argue Scorpion. We would not have gotten. I don't think Scorpion would have been the same album with without that whole beef. I think with how. First of all, how legendary rappers, it's almost like a requirement that they need that that classic diss track, like Jay-Z and Takeover, Nas and Ether, Eminem, Nail in the Coffin, like and of course Tupac with with um hit him up. It's like yeah. every it's like every legendary rapper of his era needs his legendary diss track. And so Drake Drake achieved that finally. And then on top of that, Drake was viewed as this super soft dude who is like Oh, if 
if if so and so beefed with Drake, he wouldn't survive. And then it was like, oh, Drake actually beefed with like a pretty hard dude in real life, and he he came out on top. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, yeah, bro. It's I think it was like one for the history books, and one that is gonna be looked at like our for rap piece. Like, how did this go wrong? Exactly. <laughs> study. Because how, did, even, how was Donald Trump elected president, and how did Drake come out on top? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Poly side glasses for <laughs> mm-hmm. that's great chapter one. That's chapter one and chapter two of poly side. <laughs> the great feuds and the great way of controlling the cl- the crowd. <laughs> it's it's kind of wild, and also the fact that he kind of derailed his whole Adidas train. Like it, like you derailed a whole deal for this man. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna sign the Adidas. It's like really sure you weren't. <laughs> now it's like oh. I'll make some more Jordan stuff for with for Adonis. Alright, Drake. Okay. It's alright. You, you took the L. Just collect your coins and drop them over boy. I think we ran through everything. Yeah, that was fun. A, a lot of superlatives, but it's it's fun. It's fun debating, thinking about who's who for what. That was Come And we you know here at 40 ounce we always appreciate hearing your feedback with all this you know hit us up at twitter or um yeah hit us up on twitter dm us add us let us know what your thoughts are and i think that pretty much wraps up the episode hope you guys finish your drinks hope you guys ain't drinking hope you enjoy the time just you know caught the vibe good vibrations to everyone else mellow out and stay tuned for the next episode the final of the three pack better go collect you um sober up for a little bit please because <laughs> this last one's gonna be a bit darker <laughs> it won't be a fun one it will not be a fun one so dark liquor dark topics see y'all boys next time <laughs> peace all right should we say R.I.P.? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>